Stay angry that the government want to take all this from us. Stay angry that Highways England want to plough four lanes of HGB traffic through this. It will just be an environmental disaster. It will be an emotional disaster. It will be a mental health disaster. Any work that will disturb the cap on that site has the potential to release dioxins, asbestos fibres, polychlorinated biphenyls, chemicals that are proven to be carcinogenic or harmful to health. People are still unaware at just how severe and how detrimental the plans are. The amount of pollution that literally just killing people off. All the distress that continual traffic causes all the time, the noise, the particulates. So we've got to find a way to deal with this, but building another road is not the answer. I'm Frankie Meadows and I've run Crosby Stewart for 34 years. We've played here on Brookvale probably for 20 years, but we've taken the lease 12 months ago. The road, if it does get built, will impact probably where we're standing now, will become bogland, it's all us. We have 300 children using facilities from Monday and right through to the weekend, to be honest. As I say, we're talking about this being swampland, that's going to come from the road, because the water from the road's got to go somewhere, and we're told it's come here. Uh, but you've got to think of the children, there's not much green space around here at all. Another road, more pollution, you know, surrounded by it. I don't know where the kids go, to be honest. This is it, this is the last park pictures. Welcome to the second episode of a series of podcasts about the fight to save Rimrose Valley Country Park in Sefton, Merseyside, which we've called We Said No. My name is Linda Gaskell and I'm part of the campaign team for Rimrose Valley Friends. That was Frankie Meadows talking about Brookvale Recreation Area. Part of Rimrose Valley Country Park, it's where hundreds of local young people regularly use the area for different sports activities. Under Highways England's plans for a new dual carriageway, this area could become bogland, because if the road goes ahead, there'll be nowhere else for the water to go. In our previous episode, we looked at the history of the park, how it has grown from being an area of landfill to a much-loved green community space. Today, we're going to hear from some supporters of our campaign and examine the two options Highways England proposed for the road. Both of these options are disastrous for the community and wider area. Here's our campaign coordinator, Stuart Bennett. It's fair to say I've been on a bit of an environmental awakening or an epiphany. Um, it was a, a simple stop the road message, but through getting involved and, and through our, our team coming together, we've learned so much. I remember the very first uh, meetings that we had. We were a real mixed bunch and we, we probably still are. Um, I think it was about probably a dozen to 20 people at the original meetings. And people have come and gone during that time, but everybody's played their part in, in what we've done. There's, there's a hardcore uh, number of us who've, who've been here for the duration. And I've been 
constantly amazed by how passionate the community are. We've had artists coming um, and doing installations here for us or preparing artwork. We've had uh, you know people saying that they they can do uh, relaxation and, and and art classes on Rimrose Valley. It's just it's it's never ending, and and the door is open. This is everyone's land, and it's everyone's facility. So the more that goes on, you know, the, the more of that sort of stuff that happens, the better. One of the things that irks the community round here is the original public consultation that Highways England presented. They just presented two options in inverted commas. There were, there were no options at all, really. One was to bulldoze Rimrose, which is the one they've gone for, but the other was to widen and expand sections of the existing A5036 corridor. So that's Dunnisbridge Road and the Church Road and Princess Way. Now, that was a, never going to be a, a viable option. The people living along that route are already suffering the consequences of living close to heavily polluting traffic, and that's both air quality and noise. Um, so you have to ask the question, why did Highways England offer that up as an option in the first place? And the answer is pretty obvious. It's to divide communities and to create conflict, promise one set of section of the community a better future and promise the other a worse one. If you do that, you create, you, know, you dilute the amount of opposition there will be to this road. Now we've worked really hard on our messaging as a campaign. What we're not saying is stop the road and shove the problem back onto the A5036 communities, but they're our neighbours, you know, we, we, we share Sefton with them and we want them to lead happier, healthier lives. What we're saying is that HGVs don't belong on roads through residential areas, whether that be a new road through Rimrose Valley or the existing route. In 2017, Highways England put forward just two road proposals as its solution to addressing increasing traffic to and from the Port of Liverpool and asked the public which one they preferred. Via its consultation events and questionnaires that same year, the public was being asked to choose between either losing vital green space or making a busy road even busier which actually was no choice at all, and many participants found themselves between a rock and a hard place. The results of the consultation reflect this. 44% of participants opted for redevelopment to the existing A5036. 31% opted for a road through Rimrose Valley, with a further 25% either rejecting both options or indicating no preference. Most tellingly of all, the official consultation summary reported that most respondents indicated that they did not like either of the options and would rather see other options presented. While the title of our podcast series We Said No reflects the fact that the majority of respondents didn't want this road to happen, things are never that black and white. Many people believe that through its public consultation, Highways England achieved its objective. It offered no genuine choice. It simply created a division amongst communities and neighbours. A recurring pattern in many of its other projects happening across the country. Over two years later, in 2019, Highways England held two public meeting days. Local resident Tim Brunson attended one of them. I'd heard of the campaign. I wanted to kind of support the campaign, but I didn't really know what Highways England's plans were. So I went to the community meeting with a bit of an open mind because I thought that there would be an argument presented for the road that I could understand, and whether that's an economic argument or how it would all work, and that there would be, have been a thoughtful sort of plan. 
And I went and I spoke to a guy and I asked him about the road and was it for the docks and what was it called? And he said, no, no, it's nothing to do with the docks. It's about congestion. It's congestion on Church Road. This is our road. Uh, and what we're thinking of doing or we'd like to do is build through here, through the park, which relieves congestion on this road. And we're not quite sure where it's going to come out and blah, blah, blah. And it, I, I just didn't quite get what he was, what he was saying. Um, and eventually we got a map and he sort of mapped it out. And I was looking at, OK, but, but you just you basically just sort of diverting it through the park and then back out again onto the A565 or into Seaforth. So it doesn't really solve any congestion. You're just moving it onto this road, the A565. And he went, yeah, but that's not our road. And I was like, what? And I was kind of shocked at that that was, seemed to be the policy. They were just interested in, this is our road, we'll just shift it over here without any sort of thought or um, planning or, or what, how that would impact onto the wider community. I'm Chris Todd. I've been a long time transport campaigner. I recently set up Transport Action Network to provide help and support to the many local community groups and individuals who are campaigning for sustainable transport and to sort of fight to protect their own local environment. It's not surprising that Highways England has, has struggled to find people who are willing to say, yes, we welcome this road, because it is ridiculous, it is perverse and it's highly damaging for the local communities. This is an attack not just on, on Rimrose, on Sefton, but it's an actually an attack on Liverpool. Yes, I'm Crispin Truman. I'm Chief Executive of CPRE, the Countryside Charity. We come at this from two angles as CPRE. One is, first of all, that from a transport point of view, building new roads simply doesn't work. There's so much evidence about this, going right back before the 90s when uh, previous Tory transport secretary actually stopped the 1990s road building program after the swampy protests and all that a twifer down and, and he said predict and provide is over and he was right um, but then road building crept back in through the subsequent governments and is now back fully on the agenda uh, we did a big report called the end of the road in 2017 which yet again gathered all the evidence that the more roads you build the more traffic you get and it just leads to yet more congestion and no solutions more pollution from a transport point of view, we think this, any big new road building programme is, is deeply flawed, particularly if alternatives haven't been explored. And that's very clear with Rimrose Valley. There's been nothing like the effort needed to look at the alternatives of rail and uh, water. So I was just so deeply shocked when I read the proposal. I couldn't quite believe it. You know, you do see um, road schemes cutting across things, but it's not that often you come across something that's literally the entire length of the valley. I mean, it's just so brutal you know in a valley that has been looked after by the community and the, you know money from the lottery has been put into it and it's so clearly vital and you read some of the paperwork and highways england mitigation measures things say things like oh we'll build a bridge over it so that'll be okay or we might put a fence up to stop some of the pollution spreading to people's gardens it's just shocking so uh, it, it's a particularly bad scheme i think um and one that really offends and violates local communities and their right to access to countryside and so they've looked after and cared for and nurtured. It's heartbreaking. Here's Member of Parliament for Pootle, Peter Dowd, who has long supported the campaign's calls for better alternatives to be explored and offered to the public. I think the whole issue about, uh, if you want, roads 
um, has to be set in the wider context of you know the threat to climate change and the the old-fashioned way seems to be in this country well well if you want to get somewhere let's build a road that seems to have been the approach for you know for the past 50 60 70 years of us build the road so it doesn't matter what you where it goes what it goes through build it and i think that's the mistake to some extent we fell into in the late 60s when the uh, princess way was built you know where it just took it through seaforth and split that community in half so we split that community in half but i'm going to split other communities in half by building another road in the 1960s, Highways England began the construction work on Church Road and Princess Way, a four-lane road that split the community of Seaforth in two. How did it work out? Here's local resident Sue Sinclair. I remember as just being a very young child, really, when they began the work. In fact, I went to St Philip's School, which is still up on Church Road now. It was, you know, a, a fairly quiet but a main road at that point with beautiful grass verges on either side and hedgerows and everything it was very very idyllic in a sense but they came and I, as obviously as a little girl I can't remember any consultation whatsoever I just remember trying to get across you know this great big chasm that had been cut through the community Whole communities were just not given very much choice and moved away. Neighbours all separated from one another. And the normal kind of trauma that happens when these big decisions are just put upon a community. Um, people who've lived here all their lives suddenly just totally ripped apart. To get across the, the dual carriageway, even now, it's a long distance, you know, between subways or going over the flyovers. And neither of them are a great option if you're trying to get across with little children living in one part of Seaforth, trying to get the kids to school. You know, the subways are dark and not particularly nice places that you want to walk. So just physically, it's a very difficult area to live in right now. It's a battle over this road because Sefton Council do not manage this road. This road is managed by Highways England. Now, I was told categorically some years ago that it is the last on the priority list because the priority for them is always the motorways. So dual carriageways, you know, are always going to be low down on their priority list. And, you know, we already see here, you know, the evidence that they are not capable of maintaining these roads. It is neglected, it is full of weeds, it is filthy, the railings are smashed and nobody ever fixes them, the lights are not working. It, it is just literally a community that everyone's forgotten. Sid Sedansky, senior boxing coach at the Seaforth-based ABC Boxing Club, agrees. You've got the bridge which is outside the club, the road bridge, and then there's a little pedestrian bridge further up. But And then there's a tunnel. There's a tunnel that most people don't want to go through, which is a uh, which is Rawson Road Tunnel because of what goes on in there and this, that and the other. No-one will use it of a night because it's too dangerous or, you know, 
it's it's not an undesirable area, but there's some undesirable people, you know what I mean? So a lot of people won't take that chance. So what you do see, you see old people, kids and everywhere squeezing through the railings and then they're playing dodge with the wagons. You know, we used to watch it all the time saying, what are they doing? And, you know, that's because it's literally split the community in half. It's disgusting. It should never have been done. Never have been done. And then they're going to do it again with this other one. It's made the community ill, and it really has made the community ill. But, uh, just if you just take myself for example, I've lived round here well nearly 40 years on and off, and um, I'm a fit man. I've always worked. I've always done stri you know like physical jobs, and then going back about 15, 16 years ago, I developed a little cough, which was unusual for me because I'm not a smoker. It wouldn't go away. So one day I walked up to the uh, doctors, and you know, made an appointment, he saw me, and he said, where have you come from? And he knew where I lived, and I've said to him, I've just walked up. He said, well, well, as you've walked up here, because of that road, the amount of traffic on it, he said, you may as well have smoked 20 cigarettes. He said, the amount of pollution. And that was years ago, and now they're talking about doubling it by putting this other road in. He said, they're literally just killing people off with it. You know what I mean? It's forget, you know, like it's taking traffic from here, there, or everywhere. They're literally killing people with it. Highways England's plans show that after destroying Rimrose Valley Country Park, a new road would simply feed into the bottom of Church Road and Princess Way in Seaforth, an area already suffering massively from the amount of traffic and pollution. Here's councillor Paulette Lappin. The residents who live on Church Road have a really appalling experience and that is that all the cars go past their houses all the time. The noise is continually grown and grown and grown so it's all night now a lot of the time instead of actually just you know stopping at 10 o'clock. So that's one issue. There's the whole issue of pollution and how we actually deal with that. And we want to work with everybody because if we don't cooperate with each other, all the groups here, then we're not going to succeed. And all of us have got the same aim and that is to make life better for the residents in this area. So we need to work together. It's going to get worse and with Brexit and everything else and where the port's actually situated, there should actually be more freight and more work, which in one way is a good thing for the economy, but it won't be a good thing for those people who actually live there because they're going to have to put up with all the pollution and all the distress that continual traffic causes all the time, the noise, the particulates. I mean, it's not just air quality. From the tyres alone, you can get 45% of your particulates, really. So we've got to find a way to deal with this, but building another road is not the answer. I'm uh, Nick Thompson. I've been a member of uh, CPRE Lancashire for heaven knows how long. We are fascinated by the dilemma that Liverpool City Region has got. Obviously, uh, a lot of money's been invested in the port. The new cranes are there. We see, I see the new tankers coming up and down the river because I'm looking out at the river from here now. And they're big, big buggers, aren't they? Um, they bring a lot of freight in. But this idea that you can ship it all out by road is just crazy. There needs to be a multimodal transport solution to this. It's, it's a big phrase, isn't it? But it's joined up thinking. It's thinking of all the, re all the different ways that you can, you can handle this logistics problem. When the, uh, the government first made that 
absolutely fundamentally bad decision to allocate this new money they've got to try and solve this problem to Highways England, we thought we're going to have a battle here because already they've, they've made that fundamental mistake of not saying we could spread this money right across all transport forms of transport to move the freight, not just say the answer to this is road, another road or a development of Dunningsbridge Road. It's the only way. It isn't the only way. I'm Estelle Worthington. I work for Friends of the Earth as a Northwest Campaigns organiser and I work particularly in Liverpool city region. We think it's very short-sighted. It's going to be having very, very negative effects on the local community. We're concerned about the impact on health and well-being, particularly through raised levels of air pollution and on biodiversity that's um, within the valley already. But we fundamentally don't think it's going to solve the problem. The expansion of the port has taken place without adequate consideration of the infrastructure that's, that's needed to support that. And this proposal of the road through the valley is the easiest and cheapest option that Highways England can come up with. And they have proposed a very small budget for the scheme. So we think that fundamentally the solutions that being, are being put on the table are the incorrect ones. We need to be exploring options that don't involve more road freight. Are there alternatives to the two options initially put forward by Highways England? We're not the only ones who think so. Here's Member of Parliament Peter Dowd again. If this was in other countries, what we would have is a much more integrated approach to the development of the port and the infrastructure around the port. It wouldn't be left just to the port to develop and then you put the infrastructure in after the event. There would be a coordinated, proactive approach to what infrastructure that you actually needed. And that really hasn't happened. If, if in the absence of not having a freight system on the rail, even outside of Merseyside, the network is pretty grim. So that needs to be fixed. And that's part of the problem. Well, we don't have the capacity on the network, so just let's build another road. Well, okay. If you're going to put people's lives at threat, and that's what it is, let's not beat about the bush with pollution, you can at least have the decency to pay for it, basically. Down in uh, London, in the Upper Thames Reach, they're building a tunnel under the River Thames. It's three miles long and it's costing £6 billion, and that doesn't include lots of the infrastructure around it. We're getting £250 million for a road. My point is, well, why don't we have the same level of investment on a major port, one of the biggest ports, in, in not just in the country, but in Europe? And what are we doing? We're doing it on the cheap. 250 million pounds because that's what it is oh 250 million is a lot of money but it isn't in the context you know we 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 should be arguing that there's an alternative a substantive alternative to the road which is rail freight being the road building arm of the government it's not within highways england's remit to look for an alternative here's paulette lappin again 
Highways England is a government um, body. The clue is in the name, highways. They like building roads and they're engineers and they're very, very committed to that. And that's a good thing because we need people like that. But they also um, have not managed that road at all. And we would love to have a good working relationship with Highways England and we would welcome any positive conversation. But that means actually meaningful conversation and actually, you know, to... Uh, propose a road that, I mean we're not even sure what level of impact they've actually done have they done a health impact have they done an environmental impact what is actually the road itself what is it actually going to do because in the ward that I represent you've got church road one side and then around the back of it is where the road will go so those people will be like a meat in the sandwich and it's absolutely awful that they are made to actually live like that Chris Todd from Transport Action Network agrees. They are supposed to look at alternatives before they go ahead with a lot of these things. But the trouble is Highways England is purely focused on road building. It's not in a position to properly assess alternatives. And so, of course, it doesn't. It's written into the legislation that they are meant to look at alternatives. Have they looked at alternatives? Nothing more than on a superficial level. And then they write all of those alternatives off because of their ridiculous traffic projections um, mean that they've got to build this massive dual carriageway and nothing else will ever solve it. So, it, it, you know, they, they sort of mark their own homework. That's the part of the problem. We've got to re- reduce um, carbon emissions. We've got to tackle air pollution. Um, and yet here we are building roads which increase traffic. So, I mean, Highways England is, is setting us on completely the wrong path that we need to be going down to sort of you know tackle climate change the problem is the politicians are still wedded to the big shiny new infrastructure project which they can go and cut go along and cut the ribbon on and a bike lane doesn't really do it for them but a two or three hundred million pound road does unfortunately so we've got to change that mindset we've got to you know we've got to start making this smaller stuff more sexy and we've got to make the bigger stuff just seem so antiquated and ridiculous that they start to think that actually they don't want to be associated with that sort of 20th century thinking. We're actually, we're in the 21st century now. We've been in it for over 20 years. So it, it, it really is quite bizarre, you know, the sort of focus is that, that, that there is sometimes. And actually climate change is a far bigger threat to all of us and roads like uh, the Port of Liverpool Access Road, let's be honest about what it is, are a big threat to our future. You know, th- th- there is certainly a need to better connect the port to the hinterland, but is the road the right way to be doing it? I suspect not. We need to be getting freight off of the roads and onto rail and get the rail out and to the rest of the country. And that's the way to be looking at, at doing it not just more HGV trucks thundering through past people's homes or down the middle of a country park. It's clear why our campaign is being supported by different organisations on an international level. Estelle Worthington from Friends of the Earth explains. Uh, Friends of the Earth is supporting the Saver and Rose Valley campaign for a number of reasons. One of them is that we are extremely concerned about the growing 
levels of climate wrecking emissions that are coming from the UK transport sector. It's the biggest source of UK emissions currently and it is expanding and we urgently need to see people adopting active travel options and both local and national government enabling solutions that don't involve road freight or you know increased use of, of cars and so you know at a national level we're looking for transformation and for government to really rethink its strategy on future transport because new roads is just not the answer you know we know that they um, very quickly get filled up with congestion again with more cars with more lorries and what we need is longer term solutions that invest in public transport and active travel this is one example of a number of different road building schemes that the government's investing in that we think is, is really flawed and uh, not future proof because it's hardwiring high carbon infrastructure into our systems. We think this is a really valuable green space. It's really important for health and well-being. We've seen that particularly under lockdown conditions and um, in response to COVID. It's really important that we protect these green spaces that are close to people's homes. And we've actually recently done some research uh, about access to green space, quality green space for different communities. And there are a number of areas of Sefton that don't have good access to green space. So losing another one of those through building a road through Primrose Valley is, is the wrong direction to be going in. This is an important site that's been reclaimed by nature over time and, and needs protecting. We have full sympathy with the communities living along the existing route and particularly with the air quality problems that they're experiencing. Uh, we don't think pursuing this this um, scheme of building a road through Rimrose will um, will be the solution to that because both roads could get filled up very quickly. And what we need instead is investment in non-road alternatives. So we're talking particularly about rail and we don't believe that the government or Highways England have explored that properly and certainly they haven't contributed a big enough budget to allow for that to happen. And the people of Sefton deserve better, they deserve better than that and this solution you know, just doesn't stack up. Crispin Truman, Chief Executive of the Campaign for the Protection of Rural England, was wowed when he visited Rimrose Valley. You know, I couldn't believe how lovely it is. You know, it's full of nature and wildlife. You can't really have to wonder whether this Highways England people have actually been there. <laughs> I could, you know, when I heard about the scheme, I was shocked enough. When I actually went to Rimrose Valley and saw how wonderful it is and how many people use it um, and value it and love it and have nurtured it, it's, uh, it's inconceivable. That, you know, it would have to be the absolute last resort to build anything on there. Uh, and it's not the last resort because we know the proper work hasn't been done on looking at the alternatives. It's, I mean, it's also incredible that that investment went into Liverpool port with anybody, without anybody thinking about how the goods were going to get from the port inland. I mean, really? <laughs> what sort of joined up government is that? Did nobody think about that? I think one of the things that keeps us all uh, awake at night and also keeps us fighting uh, at these proposals every day is that once Rimrose Valley is gone, or shall I say if Rimrose Valley is gone because it's not going to happen, nobody in their right mind is going to think, oh, do you know what, that, that motorway was a bad idea, let's, let's re-green all these areas. It would be a permanent destruction of a green space and taking it away from generations to come and the, the, the lasting impact of that 
will be felt for generations to come. So that's why it's so, so important. If we don't stand up now and fight and stop these road proposals, it would paint a very bleak future for, for this part of Sefton. The campaign to stop the road has grown from a local community action to a host of organisations, from the local council, local MPs and respected national campaign groups including the Campaign to Protect Rural England and Friends of the Earth, each joining the fight to save Rimrose Valley. The evidence is clear and simple. Building more roads leads to more congestion, more pollution and reduced life expectancy. Is it fair? that a community already experiencing high levels of pollution and low levels of life expectancy should have this scheme thrust upon them. This is a divisive, cheap, quick fix and would simply add to the problems already being experienced by those of us living here. All of this begs the question, why is this road being proposed in the first place? Well, in our next episode we explore Peel Ports' role in Sefton. The project is called the Port of Liverpool Access Scheme after all. And yet both Peel Ports and Highways England claim it's not just about the Port of Liverpool. However, the fact remains that the expansion of Peel Ports operations was approved without first thinking about, and then delivering, the necessary infrastructure needed to support it. Instead, Peel Ports, a privately run business, stands to become the prime beneficiary of a publicly funded road being delivered to service its operations. We ask whether this can be right, and we go through the findings of a number of freedom of information requests, which reveal the level of influence Peel Ports and various organisations with a vested interest in the Port of Liverpool's success have on this scheme. These post-COVID-19 times are an opportunity for positive change that respects the health and well-being of people within all communities. Let's make a start now. This podcast was created by the Friends Working Group, namely Tim Brunson, Janet McNulty, Sue Sinclair... Matt Donegan, James Kelly, Gavin Trafford, Gary Young, Stuart Bennett and myself, Linda Gaskell. Our music was composed and created by The Reeds. Special thanks to Stuart Bennett, Tim Brunson, Chris Todd, Crispin Truman, Peter Dowd MP, Sue Sinclair, Sid Sedansky, Nick Thompson, Estelle Worthington and Councillor Paulette Lappin who featured in this episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Rimrose Valley. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Keep up to date by subscribing wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to find out more information, get involved or support our campaign, please go to rimrosevalleyfriends.org.